Hey, if you're an actor at the start of your career, or if you're an actor who hasn't started at all, no judgment. But I do want you to know that it has never been a better time to get started with Backstage. Just go to backstage.com slash subscribe and enter the code word envelope at checkout for a 30-day free trial. That's 30 whole days you can browse through thousands of casting notices from thousands of filmmakers, producers, casting directors, all looking for talent just like you. Make a profile, upload a headshot, find out what kind of projects you want to be a part of. Backstage is where you book that very first role. It's also where you book that second role, and then that third role, and then you keep booking roles all the way up until you win that Oscar. And then you can come join me here on In the Envelope. We love a full circle moment here at Backstage. But first, you gotta subscribe. And again, that's 30 days free if you use the code word envelope at checkout. E-N-V-E-L-O-P-E, envelope, 30 days free. Get those roles. And I'll see you back here when I interview you when you win an Oscar. And not wait. Welcome to In the Envelope, a podcast from Backstage, the one-stop shop for actors and creators both above and below the line. I am your host, Vinny Mancuso, Backstage Senior Editor and Professional Entertainment Obsessive. I'll be your guide through every corner of the creative industry with the help of some of your favorite stars. Here you'll find intimate, in-depth talks with today's most award-worthy names in film, television, and theater. Along the way, we'll get advice on living your best creative life, relatable stories of the highest highs and lowest lows, and maybe, just maybe, a rare peak in the envelope. only so much that I can like feel the character by intellectualizing them like I have to be them and the only time I I'm ever gonna fully be them is when I'm in costume in makeup on set and the camera is rolling and someone says action welcome to another episode of in the envelope the actors podcast I am your host Backstage senior editor Vinny Mancuso, and joining us today is the one and only Bella Ramsey. Now, many people were first made aware of how truly, truly gifted Bella is thanks to Game of Thrones, uh, where they proceeded to steal all nine episodes they appeared in and then stabbed a giant in the face. But now it feels like the entire world is aware that Bella is a fast rising talent in Hollywood and beyond, thanks to yet another HBO hit. The Last of Us. Uh, The Last of Us is a, uh, I guess you could call it a very sprawling show. It's a fungus-based apocalypse horror that's also occasionally a tender romance or a family drama. Uh, But at its core, uh, there is Ramsey and there is co-star Pedro Pascal as Ellie and Joel, just a messed up kid and her violent father figure traversing the end times. Uh, The show, for as sprawling as it is, really lives and dies on those two truly wonderful performances. Um, Here... Ramsey not only takes us behind the scenes of the show, but also has some really fascinating insights into who they are as an actor, uh, the small little things they do to create character and emotion, uh, especially on camera, and also what space this looming season two of The Last of Us occupies in their mind right now as they try and work on other projects. Um, Let's get right into it. Here is Bella Ramsey. 
Hi, Bella. How's it going? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Good. It's so good to meet you uh, via Zoom, but it's still great to meet you. And you. I think I read you're shooting Time right now for BBC, yeah. uh, which I think brings you to prison, right? Is that is that what you're doing now? How's yeah. that going? How is, how's the prison life? It's pretty great. Um, yeah, I've learned a lot already. We've done two weeks now, I think, and it's been... I've missed being on set. I've not done anything since The Last of Us properly, so it's um it's very nice to be back. Interesting. What was that how long was that break between between projects? Far too long. <laughs> it ends up being like seven months in the end. And I that's the longest break that I've had since um like well, since I started working when I was eleven, it's been pretty consistent. Um mm. so it's been it was weird not to be doing I was meant to go into a second season of um Becoming Elizabeth, but it got it got cancelled by the network, um, as these things tend to do sometimes. So um, I, yeah, had nothing, and it was really bizarre, and I had to like get used to being a person. I was going to ask, what was like? I, I, that's a long time to be sort of you know consistently working and consistently acting. You know, it's a long time to be doing any job, but to be jumping from acting gig to acting gig. What was it like to just you know sit with um, yourself, <laughs> uh, with your own thoughts? It was disturbing. <laughs> No, it's fine. It was um it took me a long time to readjust to being back home after doing the last of us. Cuz that was like I was away for almost a year and um it, you just built an entirely like adjacent life, I guess, when I was over there. So it was um yeah, it was weird to come back. And um I got used to it. I think I think I just but I don't really know what I did. I started studying randomly like impulsively in October cuz I was wanting something to do and now I I wouldn't say I regret it, but <laughs> it's a lot of work that I have to like convince myself to do. But yeah, it's been fine. I've just sort of been stumbling through, not really know what I'm doing, and now I'm back on set. I just feel like so much like clarity. Oh, it's the best. Just like the structure of being on a set is um, what I need. I think. Is that is that something that you know you mentioned that you have to kind of convince yourself to 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 do the studying when it comes to acting? Does that now feel like? just what you you naturally be doing you know is that it's just like that that feels life on set feels like life basically yeah yeah it does and it felt like that the minute that i stepped on my first set ever which was um which is game of thrones the minute that i was on that i was like wow i feel like i belong here and it's felt like that ever since on every other show yeah it's a really like magical feeling and it's um yeah that that is my life and i that's when I feel the most alive as well, when I'm working and on set. That's like where I thrive. People mm-hmm. ask me about like the pressures of being in the industry and like how that's taken a toll on me and like my childhood. And I'm like, it's being on set is when I'm at my best. Um, so it's it's really only been a blessing. I love that. Um, it's actually fortuitous I'm talking to you today. I am towards the end of a Game of Thrones rewatch right now and uh, you know completely not meaning to I watched you kill a kill a, a giant last night um, uh, which was which was wonderful um, I wonder if you've ever watched that back how many times have you watched back your final moments in Game of Thrones I have seen that quite a few times there's been friends that have discovered it when I've been around and so they've watched it with them it's always weird yeah I have seen that bit it's that took so long to me <laughs> We uh, had to go back and fly back to Belfast so many times. I rap- I rapped about five times because they kept, they hadn't got, they were very, very specific about what they wanted because it was a big moment and they wanted it to be right, understandably. But yeah, the amount of like day trips I had to Belfast and 
to get that right was was intense. Interesting. I I I, I feel like I can't imagine you know thinking you're done with that and yeah. then having to go back. What is what is that? I mean, that's this whether it's this scene or any scene. You know, what is it like for you to to think that you have left something behind and they're like, can you actually just come back and and live that again uh, and make it truthful? Yeah, that can be it. Can be tricky. I've had to do that a couple of times, not just on Game of Thrones, but other things. And it's been, it's always, I'm always worried that I w- won't be able to do it. Um, then I get there and then I can't. I, well, but I worry about that every single new job that I start, right? Like time. I was, I every time I'm like, not ah, every time. That's a little pun there. there I'm like, go. I never know what I'm doing. This is the problem. So I don't have like, I don't have like techniques or methods or concrete things to fall back on. And I don't want them. Also, because they don't, they don't seem to work to me. I went on such a tangent, but I'm just going to go with it. No, please. We we love a tangent here. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, every new project, I'm like, is this the one where I just won't be able to do it? And um, I thought that was time. But it's, it's it's amazing how much like it happens only when we're the camera is rolling for the first time. Like Even like the, re- the camera rehearsals, rehearsals beforehand, it's not there, it's not there, it's not there. And then as soon as they say action for the first time and the camera is on when we start, suddenly it happens. It's kind of magic. I'm, oh, it's the best. It's such a good feeling. Is there is there any way to, and again, I maybe there isn't, but is there any way to describe the feeling? Like, like when you know that, oh, I can do this, you know, when you switch from, can I do this to I can do this, what is what does that feel like for you? Oh, it's immense relief. It's like, yeah. goodness, I am will be allowed to continue doing what I love doing because I'm still good at it. And uh, yeah, it took me a while. You know, when people, like when you're a kid, especially I think when people find out that you're an actor or you do acting or or they find out that you sing or whatever, they're like, oh, Mm -hmm. good. And it's always the question. And I, for so long, I couldn't say yes. I would, I'd just be like, "Uh, I mean, and I'd sort of avoid it, but I've, Got to the point where I can say yes, I'm a good actor. Doesn't mean I always believe it, but yeah, it's relief. I guess is the is the feeling. It's relief and just like euphoria that it went well. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like the idea that I, I think that's something that a lot of actors, you know, they they know they can do it. I mean, they and and the more you do it, the more you're like, well, I've done it before, I've done it before, and they're still not sure if they can say they're a good actor. But I think after a while, it it helps to just say it. And I'm wondering if that's if if you see a, a difference in uh, your you know quote unquote process in in when after you just said you know I, I am an actor I, I I'm no longer an aspiring actor I'm no longer a person who wants to act I am an actor have you seen a difference in yourself since sort of like speaking that into existence I think so yeah I've become more confident in but in a way that's what oh, I have to describe this now in a way that's like even when I'm really struggling with a scene. Now I have evidence where I can like go back and remember that I've done it before and I can do it. And I am like intrinsically, like I am a good actor, even though like right now I feel shit, like I can do it. So I guess that's really what happened. But yeah, like you said, I used to say to people when they asked what I did, I used to say, oh, I do acting. Mm-hmm. And then that shifted to like me saying I'm an actor and uh, such a tiny little change in language, but it, it really, yeah, it really feels different. Yeah, it's like giving yourself permission. You know, I've actually heard that from a few actors where they like early in their career, they they didn't they weren't giving themselves permission to to say that they were an actor. They weren't giving themselves permission to 
believe it. I think just having that, I, it, I can imagine it, it with each job. You're like, well, I didn't mess up that take because I'm bad at acting. I messed up that take because everybody messes up. Yeah, take. exactly. Exactly. So sure. So you mentioned, um, and again, this is a this is probably going to be a very broad question. So if you need to be more specific, please, I will. But you mentioned you don't have, you know, exact techniques or anything that you you sort of fall back on. So I'm curious, what do you do? What's what is your what what do you how do you how do you? I guess the question would be how do you act? But it's like if you don't if you don't have any like you know concrete things that you fall back on. So what is your quote unquote process if you don't quite have a process? I guess there are a lot of things that I'm realizing that I that I do and I do have sort of processes but without them being ones that I'm aware of like conscious of until I then start to talk about it like I was even describing yesterday to someone like about um like emotional scenes like crying scenes like I do have now like I guess a process for that sort of thing in terms of I mean this is the tiniest thing but like if I need to cry, I'm not a natural crier. I don't cry at things in my everyday life and certainly not around people. So crying in film in scenes is quite hard for me. And um, now I have, like, I will either, if I'm wearing contact lenses, like I'll take my contact lenses out because then like, <laughs> like tears will then come out of my eyes just because they're like watery and dry. But then the actual, like my eyes watering then like pro- provokes an emotion in me, which will then, so, which will then make, the tears come more. It's like a weird little thing that happens where I know I think for some people like they feel the feelings and that produces the tears. But for me, like having the tears be the first thing provokes mm-hmm. the emotion which then creates more. I mean that's like the tiniest thing, but I've figured that out now. Um which I, I hadn't done before. Also because I wouldn't let myself use a tear stick. So I was like it's cheating, but <laughs> it's definitely not. Yeah. Uh but in terms of everything else, I guess I've really I really don't know. I only ha- I read the scripts and I try and and I learn about the character, but there's only so much that I can like feel the character by intellectualizing them. Like I have to be them, and the only time that I mm-hmm. I'm ever gonna fully be them is when I'm in costume, in makeup, on set, and the camera is rolling and someone says action. So yeah, that just between action and cut, I don't know. I guess. I still don't, yeah, I don't really know what happens, but something happens and then they say cut and then we go again. Yeah. Well, I guess that's why you kind of needed that confidence because it, it, you're kind of riding on the edge there where you're like, I, I really hope it works this time and it, it, it keeps working. So I, I think that, I, I think that, yeah, you don't need to define the process to know that you have a process. And I, I, I like that you mentioned, you know, you didn't know the thing about the contacts, but now you do and you can do that for the next time. Does it kind of feel like with each next thing you're kind of you're kind of like a, a, a rolling stone gathering moss you're kind of just like oh that works add that to, to the toolkit oh that works add that to exactly the toolkit. and something else actually that i just thought about the other day is like there's a lot of lot can be said i think about feelings things inside like i always say that acting is we spend all day just manipulating our emotions and i think there's a lot <laughs> that I have to do to like feel something. I have to feel something inside of me every time for every scene. And that will change depending on like what the emotion is of that scene. But like I find it really helpful to feel something physical inside of me. So like I'll I'll like almost induce panic or I'll induce like a heaviness in my chest. Or um if I can't feel anything inside, like I'll 
make myself feel a bit of pain by like digging my fingernails into my skin for like a minute before we start. I think there just has to be some feeling in my body in order for me to do it. I think that's really the process is just feeling something. Absolutely. Yeah. I was just, I think I was just watching an interview with um, Alison Janney, who's talking about how she learned how to laugh on cue. And she was like, the, all I do is like, do the physicality of laughing. You know, even if she doesn't find something funny, she's like, I just, in my chest, go like, huh, huh. And eventually it becomes real. And I found that really interesting. And it sounds like that's kind of something that, that's the basis of your process, even though it's like, you know, not something you put too fine a yeah, point on. Yeah, I think so. So The Last of Us, um, pretty pretty big project that you were that you were just in. I've, I think I read that it started with a self-tape. That's how the whole road to The Last of Us began. Um, what can you tell me about that self-tape? What was, what was, because that's something that, you know, it's become much more prevalent, you know, since 2020. People are kind of still wondering what their self-tape should be, what <laughs> what they should be doing. So tell me about the the very first self-tape that led to The Last of Us. Oh, uh, I did it in the top room of my house with terrible lighting, um, with my mum doing her best at an American accent uh, off screen, reading in the other lines for me. And like I did it on my, like, my, just my phone camera. Uh, and just gave it a go. It was, it was the scene Ellie has with Marlene, where Marlene is basically telling her like who she is. Mm. It was the scene with Joel in Joel's apartment, where she's figuring out like the radio code. Those are the two scenes, and yeah, just spent too long trying to do it. I find self states quite. Sometimes they have that they are super fast and super easy, and sometimes they're a bit trickier. But this one, I remember it not being too bad i think um in terms of like the actual process of it it wasn't too traumatic <laughs> and then um yeah just sent them off emailed them off and hoped for the best but there was it was something special about this one that even like when the email first came through and like the, the self-tip like i i really wanted to do it but it's that's dangerous it's feeling like you really want to do a project because getting attached is dangerous so um yeah, I sort of felt it, but I had to not feel it fully until, until yeah, I did find out I'd got it, and then it was um, was very happy. What is that? You know, you you send off the the self tape, and you like you said, it's dangerous. You you can't get too attached. So, what is that immediate moment? You hit send on the email. You send out the self tape. Then you just sort of wash your hands clean of it. It's you just kind of have to. You just kind of have to. Like, what is your next? moments after being like well there goes that let's see what happens i guess i saw i breathe a sigh of relief that i've done it uh that it's gone and it's over and now i can just move on with my life <laughs> until something happens or doesn't um i tend with self-tapes now i got to a point where i'd hit send and then forget about it to the point where my agent would ring me up a week later and tell me like this project hadn't worked out and i'd be like oh fine i forgot that was a thing so um so it's the ideal is when you, you can just forget it. But The Last of Us, I didn't forget. The Last of Us, I was thinking about. And I kept feeling like Ellie. Like in the following weeks, there'd be things. And I just sort of feel her inside of me. Sounds really strange. But yeah, so I was I was hoping. Well, it, it worked out. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, um, when the what was the first... Yeah, at what point in the process did you first meet uh, Pedro Pascal? And what was that sort of meeting like because that is the linchpin of the show it's you know the trust there the safety there the chemistry there all that is is the show so i'm curious you know when did you 
What was your first meeting like? And then what did that conversation sort of entail? I met him for the first time on a harassment in the workplace Zoom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> About, I think he was already in Canada. Uh, maybe he wasn't actually, I don't know. But it was uh, like maybe a few weeks before we started filming. And he was like, I think someone was ringing on his door. He was waiting for a par- like a parcel or something. So there was, it was very chaotic from the get-go. And um, that was that was the first time we ever we ever met. But I don't think we've acknowledged that that was the first time that we met. Like till after the first time we probably met was on set in a lunch break. Uh, he'd already been there for a couple of weeks, and I got there a few weeks later. And he came and said hi. Just had like my hair cut or makeup test or something, and we didn't have too much time to chat. We just sort of like took each other in, and we're like, right, this is it. It's me and you for the rest of the year, and. Uh, yeah, it was it was kind of special, and I I felt relief afterwards as well that like he was a nice person. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I can assume that that was a big relief, but also I mean on a show like this, you know, I I know that a lot of acting is just trusting not only your scene partners but everyone around you. But on a show like this, where it's you know it's so intense, you're shooting for a year uh, in Canada. How important was it to sort of establish? you know, we, we have each other, you know, we, 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 this is, we're going on this year long intense journey together. How important was it? And in what ways did you sort of like establish that safety net with each other? Yeah, that was really important. And even I'd say even before we like fully bonded, that still exists. That was still very much there. Like that feeling of like, we have each other's backs and, um, we were there for each other even before we like fully clicked, which I would say was maybe two months in once it's weirdly like once Ellie and Joel started to like really like feel things towards each other was when me and Pedro did. And I think the reason that it took a little while is because we were so shy of each other. Because we knew like that we had this this year and that it was a big thing. And I think we both were individually putting a lot of pressure on the relationship and on ourselves to like be a certain way to each other. And then, yeah, so we just, the minute that we let go of that, I think we we, we talked about that. And then since then we, we just got more and more comfortable with each other. But even before that had happened, there was still that safety of like being able to look at Pedro and he'd know what I'd be feeling and vice versa. And um, it's just someone to look at like in a, in a funny moment or in a moment where like there's some tension on set and just be, to be able to look at a person and like share that, that was always there for us. And, and I'm really grateful for that. I'm curious because you, you kind of touched on this a bit. Um, it was it, you have this year long shoot. Um, I'm, I'm I'm curious in what ways the 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 journey of uh, you and Pedro filming it and Ellie and Joel sort of mirrored each other because it, it was it a I can imagine that four months in five months in there's it's just a different thing than it would be at the beginning and you're just you know you're learning each other's quirks and you're learning each other's you know techniques and stuff like that. How much did it sort of evolve what was the evolution like uh over this this year-long period it, yeah it evolved massively um one of the big like evolving points was like i so if pedro was doubting himself or feeling a certain type of way like i was so wanting to make sure that he felt like he was valid in his feelings and I, to, to begin with i wouldn't offer like any alternative perspective whatever because i just wanted to make sure he knew that like i was a safe space for him to feel things right but then by the end of it if he was like being an asshole to himself i'd tell him i'd be like stop it <laughs> like you're feeling this so type of way and then i'd like 
psychoanalyze him and be like, this is why you're feeling this way and you need to stop it right now because otherwise I'll like beat your face in. And <laughs> so I think that was sort of the difference. <laughs> and same with him uh, for me. Uh, we got, I think we just got a lot more blunt with each other and a lot more direct and there was no like tiptoeing around each other like there was to begin with because um, we so wanted to make sure that like each other was just, like that we were a safe person for each other and then once that was established then we could be more yeah direct and blunt and have really open and like vulnerable conversations and um and then on the flip side we just like dance to Xanadu that he would play constantly we just like dance music and sing Moana and have a great time and so how would you compare that to you know finding that level of comfort with say um Storm Storm Reed who isn't there for the entire shoot but that that episode that you have you know there has to be that familiar nature you, you have to have you have to feel like you two have known each other for a long time and have that connection what was it like for that compared to like the months and months you had with Pedro it was very different it was a completely different um dynamic the storm a completely different relationship and like yeah like you said we were only together for a month if that I think it was maybe three weeks and um so and we didn't have any time to get to know each other beforehand and so it was I think a lot of our relationship was came from Riley's and Ellie's. Like that was that was really what we had that um had that sort of blueprint in the script and we just lent into that, I think. And that was really helpful for us. And um uh, yeah, we I mean we're similar ages, but we're we're very different people and we're at very different like points in our life. Like Storm, I was so amazed that like, she she would be studying, doing like a whole degree while doing the last of us. So she'd be We'd, she'd go off set and then she'd be working and like on calls with her tutors and I'd watch her and be like, wow, you're crushing life. And um, yeah, so that it was, but but we did, we did really get on and um, we had some really uh, good conversations and we laughed a lot. It was, uh, it was fun. I've gotten um, many different answers on this podcast when we talk about uh, chemistry. Um, cause you know, people, they, they, some actors are like, you know, there's no such thing as chemistry. It's just acting. And some people are like, you know, you, I have to get along with the person. So I'm curious, you know, cause the chemistry in that episode is very, you don't get a lot of time to establish it, but you feel it. I'm curious your thoughts on it. Does it help to, 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 you know, like enjoy the person's presence in your life? Does it, is that important to you? Do you think it's just a, a matter of the script being the script? What, what is it like from your actor's perspective? Yeah, the idea of chemistry is really interesting. People always, I I never think about it or talk about it. Like I'll never watch a show and be like, they had a lot of chemistry. I just, I don't know. I guess I don't really think about it very much. I think it always helps when you like the people that you're working with and you get along. Um, but I don't think that it's essential. I think you can, in fact, yeah, I know that you can. You can like, two people can really not get along. But on on screen, you look like your best of friends. It's part of it, I think. And um, like I've played enemies with my best friend before on the show called The Worst Witch years ago. My yeah, my enemy on screen, and that was my best friend. And I mean, I think yeah, I think chemistry is sort of an elusive concept, and I don't really think about it at all. Yeah, I'm almost getting that answer more than than anything else because it it does it is just you're doing your job you're acting you know it's 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 almost and i i think i'm trying to remember who it was it might have been even like you and mcgregor or something somebody we had on this podcast who was like i actually think it's a little insulting to say that you had good chemistry because then you're just saying um that's the reason it worked and not because i'm a good actor and it's like i never thought about yeah it like that's that. true 
I think there's something that happens in the scene where it's such a emotionally like vulnerable moment um, for the characters, in. and you can like look into a person's eyes, even if like you don't necessarily get along so well. But you, because you're not being yourself, like it doesn't it doesn't matter. Because if you're in love with that person, if if your character's in love with that person, for the moment between action and cut, you're in love with them. Because like, well, if your character's in love with them and you're being, you're feeling, you're being a, that character. So like, and then the minute you can call cut and suddenly you can like not get along again, you know, but it's, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it, it all comes down to like the truthfulness, I think, of the moment. Like if you're, if you believe in the truth of the, the scene and the moment between the, the two of you or however many people are in the scene, then yeah, it just comes down to how much you believe it. How much I believe it when I'm acting it. Yeah. It's almost like you mentioned before that sort of unexplainable thing that happens between action and cut. Yeah. It's like, it's there's no word for it. It's just, and like you said, you kind of have to just believe it and it'll work. So do you remember what the, the I'm, I'm sure you do, the last scene you filmed for season one, the last moment, what was your, your after a year, you are wrapped? It was a random little pickup scene from episode episode five yeah the henry sam episode uh because one of us had i think someone that had covid when we were filming that the last few days of that episode so we had to pick it up right at the very end uh we were walking it was nighttime it was a night shoot and we were walking down this cul-de-sac in the middle of calgary yeah it was like the precursor scene to to the big cul-de-sac and yeah it was it was weird it was like a scene completely void of any emotions, really, uh, but while feeling like the weight of this year about to end and having to say goodbye to Pedro and to Craig, everybody, and it was just, it was very emotional. I had to stop myself. I, I said, I said earlier, I'm not a natural crier, but like when it comes to, <laughs> I am. So I had to, I had to just pretend that it wasn't happening because I would have cried my eyes out, and I did as soon as we wrapped. Uh, was there? I mean, that's really interesting. Was there a sense of almost um, anticlimactic? Like you, the, you, 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 you want it. You want the last scene to be, you know, the big emotional moment. But you're just walking, walking down a cul-de-sac. W- what was it? What was it like balancing the 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 idea that in the scene you have to just sort of casually be walking and the weight of oh, I'm I'm saying goodbye to Ellie. And I'm not sure at that point did you know that there was a season two or did, did... we didn't know there was a season two, but we were anticipating that there was going to be. Yeah, but at that point, so you're you're saying you you know at least you're saying goodbye to Ellie for a yeah. While. So what was what was that ju- what was that uh, juggling like for you? I'm actually on hindsight, I'm glad that it was a scene with like that it wasn't important to the show. It wasn't. I mean, it was important because it was in there. But you know, it wasn't like it wasn't this big pivotal moment. And I'm really glad of that now because I think adding on the pressure of it being like the biggest i think it could have been a really like horrible last day because if i'd have like been un- unsatisfied with that scene like then it's just the whole thing ends like that would have just been hell so i'm really glad that it was a uh, sort of like, like a boring scene like an average that could nothing really happened we were just walking down a cul-de-sac i'm actually really glad of that because i think it could have been really torturous if it was any different um, but yeah, saying goodbye to Ellie, like season one Ellie, and that the season one experience, like even though we're going back, it's not going to be the same. It'll be very, a lot of it will be very similar, but 
I'm never going to be like 18 spending a year in Calgary with some of my best friends ever again. Like it's now when I go back, I'm going to be 20 by the time we do season two and um, things are different. And I was just like ex- accepting that and grieving that. I think we all had like a little grieving process after it, after it ended. It was, it was hard. I'm, I'm really curious about that that sort of liminal space between seasons, you know, they, they, it, you, you say goodbye. You've, you've been filming for a year, this very intense show that, that it's taking a lot from you. Uh, you say goodbye in that cold attack, that last sort of scene. And then there's the time in between. Are, do, do you, is there almost like, do you think of Ellie? Do you, do you, do you, is she, is she still sort of floating around your head? Are you wondering what she's up to? I'm, I'm curious what this in between period is like when there's something that massive in your life. It's really weird. I was in denial for so long. I kept, like, even when I got back home, I was still, like, there was a part of me that was like, so, oh, I'm going back soon. I'll be back and I'll be sit- I'll be sitting in the makeup chair with Joe Drum and makeup artists and, like, we'll be chatting about nonsense and that'll happen again, like, tomorrow. And then it never did, obviously. Yeah, it, so I was in denial for a, a long time and I, again, saying I'm not a natural crier, like, I would, there was one time I walked down stairs like to the bottom of my house and like there was a, a photo of all of us on the cul-de-sac just like I don't know why it was there just randomly like on a table and I saw it and I burst into tears and I was just I just missed it so much and oh like me and Craig would zoom a lot and I'd FaceTime Pedro and and then I think when the show started to come out that was also a weird experience of like reliving it all and I just got into the place where I had accepted that it was finished that first season and start to like move on from it and then the show, the show starts to come out and then suddenly everyone was talking about it and it was it made me miss it all over again but it was sort of like a it was sort of like closure weirdly when the episodes came out it was like and now it's done when the last one came out it was like that's the moment that i left season one completely behind um and now i'm just like anticipating the second season and i'm really looking forward to that yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask this what what part does the looming season two now play, play in your life? I mean, I'm sure that you know conversations remain, and you know, you, like I said, you're you're probably thinking about the character, but you're not working on it yet. You're working on another project right now, so it's it's. I'm curious, where in your head does season two exist right now? It exists. Oh, it's always there. <laughs> um, it's just, it feels very comforting actually, and knowing that I'm just going to be back and then that's me set for like another year or however long we film for. And just knowing how great the first season was and knowing like Craig and Pedro and the team, just it just feels like, hmm, how can I describe it? I feel like there's a poetic thing looming in terms of like describing the second season. I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like you know when you go to like your grandparents' house and it feels just very like safe and comforting. Well, maybe not if maybe people are not in relation with their grandparents, but like the typical like I'm going to just a, such a safe place that I just feel so comfortable and just like knowing that that's coming. Yeah, it's just very comforting. It makes me feel very calm actually when I think about it. I think you might be one of the only people on earth when they think of The Last of Us to compare it to the safety and comfort of their uh, <laughs> <laughs> their grandparents' house. Uh, but I love that. I love that. Pella, thank you so much for being here. I think I speak for a lot of people when I say we cannot wait for season two and everything that happens beyond that. Uh, Can't wait to see what next. But yeah, this was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
thanks as always to our brilliant producer Jamie Muffet and to the whole team at Backstage Samantha Sherlock, Mark Stinson, Caitlin Watkins, and of course Casey Howe. Visit Backstage.com and don't forget you can subscribe to Backstage with code ENVELOPE at checkout for a free trial. 100% free, you simply cannot beat that. For more exclusive content, find us on Facebook and Twitter at In the Envelope and subscribe, share, and leave a comment. Who should we interview next? Let us know. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for another peek in the envelope.